0: Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing? And we are joined here today via Skype from around 3,000 miles away in I think sunny California today, Miss Tracy Tudor. Hi. Or, is it, or are you officially Tracy Tudor Maltus? I, I want to get it right.
1: We dropped the Maltus boo.
0: Okay. I mean, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Hanging in there in the quarantine? I know. How is quarantine going for you? Well,
1: I listen, I live in California. It's been sunny up until like two days ago. So we have a little more space than our East Coast neighbors. So it's not, I can't complain too much. But, uh, you know, we're cooking, we're working out. We're trying to adjust to this new sort of lifestyle
0: that we're leaving do, do you have a gym in your house because i'm going to be so jealous if you do
1: i have a gym now that we're building in the garage and i also have like a little pilates room
0: well i said if this happens again i mean let's hope that it never does i need to pick up and leave and a go to a house that has a gym <laughs> and b go to a house that has other human beings
1: yeah I, I literally called my trainer and I was like, so if we were to buy like a bunch of shit and put it in the garage, we could essentially continue going. You just have to be in my quarantine circle.
0: So that's what we're doing. Oh, that is so smart. That's that's what I Thank would you. do. Thinking ahead. No, I, I've said this. I was like, if I went to a house that had a gym with people that I trusted and were like, none of us are going to leave this house, right. it would be the right way to do it. And then I'm like, I'm going to be in my room at night, you know, during the day and do this podcast. And then at night, at least we can all socialize.
1: Well, and Flag sent me, he was like moving some of his stuff out of, um, of his storage unit and, uh, sent me his treadmill. So I put that in my garage. We got, we got a whole setup going.
0: I'm so jealous. I, I've really, in the first four weeks of quarantine was like, okay, if I don't have a gym, that's the end of it. But now... As of three days ago, I am officially on a 6 a.m. boot camp, like, online workout. 6 a.m.? Yeah. yeah, If I don't do it in the morning, I don't do it. So I'm just, like, I force myself up, And it's, like, weird. It's, like, these online workouts, they're not great, but, like, they, I'm doing things I wouldn't normally do. So, like, I'm sore than I've been in, like, years. So I'm, like, I'm trying to look at the positive aspect of it.
1: Well, I'm training like every day, which I was not doing before. So I'm sore constantly.
0: Same here. Yeah. So at least we're making the most of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're gonna come out of this looking really fierce. I think
0: that's my goal. I'm like, if I need to be locked away for another month, <laughs> I want to like <laughs> resurface. So, yeah. all right. So, tell me, tell me about yourself. Um, I love just to know someone's background. Like, where are you from? Like, are you're originally from California, right? Yeah,
1: uh, born and raised in LA. Um, I grew up in Hidden Hills, like the Calabasas area, you know, where the Kardashians are from. And uh, went to undergrad at USC, then have sort of lived all over Los Angeles since then.
0: And did you know, like growing up, like were you always like? Did you know what you wanted to do? Were you like sales, real estate? Uh,
1: I was. I I, I'm a failed actress, like every other um, (laughs) real estate agent out there. But um, no, I studied theater at USC, and I was acting for a bit post college, and then that just what I just wasn't down with not making money, and I didn't want to be a starving actress for the rest of my life.
0: I get it. uh,
1: I um got into real estate so into it.
0: So when you were an actress, were you in anything that we might see you in? Background?
1: <laughs> oh, go deep in the Google. Um, no, I was I you know what I will say, I was in one movie, I think it was called like the Pink Motel with Christina Ricci and Timothy Oliphant and Robert Wagner played
0: my that's a pretty good line. And I was a cheerleading sure prostitute.
1: I mean,
0: seriously. As your
1: pimp, Robert Wagner's your pimp. You are. I, I like. You know. I climax there in the acting career.
0: Did you used to watch Heart to Heart when you were young?
1: No, but I do know Heart to Heart. But um, I was That's I was a big fan of his. It's such a caricature of himself. I mean, when he walked in, he was like in character as the pimp. And, you know, I was on his arm. It was
0: pretty hysterical. That's, I'm going to have to Google that. So, <laughs> so one day you just decided like, okay, like real estate, you know, is something I would probably be good at. I mean,
1: I, my dad, no, my dad was a builder. And so I always had, you know, I was on job sites a lot. I was in his office all the time. Um... You know, I have a sister who is an interior designer. My ex-husband is a residential builder. And I sort of, you know, thought to myself, I mean, I grew up in L.A. I figured I know a lot of rich people. Like, why can't I sell them houses and make a lot more money? And so that's what I did. And I remember I sat down across from the uh, manager of that, like Sotheby's, and I was interviewing and he was like, well, you know, why do you think you're going to be good at this? I'm like, because I like, you know, know everybody. I was like 23 with like an ego the size of Africa. And you know, of course he's like you realize, you know, most agents make about thirty thousand dollars a year their first year. And I'm like, well, that just won't cut it for me. Like I need to make like 90 grand to survive. And he was like, Great, you're hired. And then cut to I made like thirty-two thousand that year. (laughs) Not
0: I was just not what I signed up. (laughs) <laughs> I was just gonna say, so like, was it you know, like in the beginning, you know, like was the struggle real, like trying to like break ground, like with all these established oh agents?
1: Yes, I was in the bullpen, like trying to sell houses, and I pick up, I call like my my family's friends, and they'd be like, "You're twenty three years old, you have zero experience. There's no universe in which I'm giving you my biggest asset." And I was like,
0: "Oh, really?" <laughs> You're like I thought I oh. could just come over and get the listing.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I ended up joining a team, and
0: um, I just hustled
1: for like the next three or four years. And I think in year three or four, I had my first like major deal, and that's when I the like the world, like everything opened up, and I was like, holy shit, I can make a lot of money doing this. So that's when I decided to really, really invest my you know time.
0: Was it just, I'm sorry, was it just, do you, do you recommend like being on a team, like for people starting out? Do you think that's like an easier way to go?
1: Oh my God, a thousand percent. I always say this and you know, when I'm talking to people on Instagram and things like that and brokers, young brokers reaching out to me saying they're just getting started. I always say, you know, go to the market that you want to work in. I don't care if you have to drive an hour to get there, get there and then and put yourself in front of the people that you admire the most that are doing the best business and go work for them. I don't care how difficult they are work for them for a year or two. That's how you're going to learn the business the quickest and the most efficient. So yeah, that's a big, big, I did not do that. So, you know, cut to, it took me four years.
0: And then like with your first big deal, like what was that? Was that like, you got like a listing or you just happen to have a great client. I, like how did that all come I about?
1: Hold a bachelor a home that was like 17 million bucks and I got that paycheck and I was like, holy shit. I mean, that's more money than I had ever really seen. Not to mention, I just never thought in a million years I would make that kind of money doing anything. Not, right. acting, not, you know, I mean, I was like a theater actor. I wanted to be like on the stage, but you no know. cut two, I was making, you know, four hundred four hundred thousand $400,000 a year as a 25 26 year old I was like this is where it's at
0: that's not bad did you what did you buy like with your first big splurge like even if it wasn't such a splurge do you remember
1: Oh my god um, I had gone to Vegas which my family they used to be like big into Vegas and gambling and my dad took us to Vegas and I had just closed that deal And he was a big craps player. So we were on the craps table and I was learning how to play craps from him. And he was like a hardcore craps player. Like he's the guy that like walks out with like the envelope under his coat. and We're not really sure what's in it. Right. Taught me how to play. And I won like, he gave me like 500 bucks and I think I won like $7,000. So I took those winnings and I went to Alexander McQueen and I bought like this knuckle clutch that has all like the studded ring. Ugh, it was like the most gorgeous purse ever. I spent like big one
0: for me. How much was it? Sorry, you like broke out.
1: Sorry, it was like ten grand. I don't know. I just, I just, I dropped the card. I gave him the cash, and I was like, this is the, this is awesome.
0: And you're like, I am not an actress anymore, people. No, I'm like, say, me,
1: me, you well, know, meanwhile, cut to, I'm 44 I'm on a TV show. So
0: there you go, that full circle moment. Kind of. So, I mean, when Million Dollar Listing was casting, like, in L.A. to begin with, like, you were an agent at that time. Like, do you remember, like, was there a buzz around L.A.? Like, were were you a fan of Bravo? Like, did you watch shows on Bravo?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm such a Bravo hoe. It's insane. I loved all the shows. Now, Million Dollar List, one that, like one i watch in passing, I think it was because I sold real estate that I wasn't like, this is not an escape for me. And when I watch Bravo, I want to like get in it. Um, so I didn't really watch the show that much, uh, but they weren't really casting, I don't think. I mean, maybe they had met with a few people, but I had appeared on uh, season nine and I had showed a property of altman's and we had a few scenes together and after that aired uh the producers reach out to me and they said you know we'd love to sit down and talk to you about potentially coming to the show would you be interested and so that's where the ball got rolling
0: and then like as a fan of bravo even though this wasn't escape for you like what are or like what were some of your favorite bravo shows before we even get into million dollar listing
1: Oh, my God. Oh, I, I watch. It's like I'm like, I'm really bad. I love the Housewives. I love, um, I love, I'm like obsessed with Below Deck, um, and Sandy's, my jam. Um, I also love Southern
0: Charm. Uh,
1: I'll even watch Married to Medicine. Like
0: I, You're I preaching to jam- the choir.
1: I love a little, I love a little Sunday Vanderpump situation.
0: Vanderpump. Is, I mean, I, one of the best.
1: I, it, it's the best. So, I mean, I could I sit in my room and, like, whenever I get sick, that's, like, my comfort zone. Like, I'm in bed, and I'm Bravo's on, and I could just sit there all day. It's really pretty tragic how much I it's, enjoy it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's really... So, when you got this call, so you did, you know, from the producers, like, were you like, oh, my God? Like, I might be on... A, the no. show the network that I love.
1: It's so weird because I was nervous about, you know, like, do I, am I want, do I want to do this? Like, is it the right time in my life? And I was like, shit, I'm like 40 plus. I was like 40 or 41 at the time. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with me. Like I'm, I can do this. Like, but being the only woman on the show was like a little intimidating, um, And I didn't really let it like get, I didn't get excited until I was really truly like in my first scene, like showing my first house. And then I was like, wow, this is a
0: trip. Did you have any reservations, you know, from the point of like, Hey, like my business is going great and I'm making money and I'm successful. Like, like, did you think there would be any negatives to it? Like certain clients may not want to do this.
1: I mean, I thought about certain clients that wouldn't want to do it, but I just wouldn't ask them to do it. And I was very, like, black and white about that. And, you know, to this day, I don't. You know, I like, there's certain celebrity clients that we keep, super, you know, very much under wraps and we respect boundaries. And then and, and there are certain people that really love the show and want to be on it. So um, that was never really an issue. I wasn't concerned about it. I mean, 10 years ago, if I was, you know, going to do the show, I would have been concerned that a lot of people wouldn't, you know, have supported it. But now... I mean, Bravo has done so many different shows that have sort of opened up the floodgates for people like us to, you know, take advantage of, like, incredible opportunities. So it's been great for my business. And obviously, you know, now we're, we're
0: writing books. So that's a trip. We're going to get into your book, yes. I, I have I have questions about that, too. Um, What was I going to say? So, like, then you show up and you said you weren't really excited until, like, they were filming your first scene. So, like... Oh, yeah. What was the, when you started filming, like, was it what you expected? Was it different than you expected?
1: I don't know. Like, I was, I was, I was very nervous. And luckily we started with just showing a house. So it was like something I knew how to do. And they were like, just show the house. Like, don't worry about where we are. Don't worry about where cameras are. Just like, do you. And that was comfortable. Like, that piece was easy. But, oh my God, put me in. Like, a scene with someone I know, or any, the interviews, like, those were the hardest for me. Like, get adjusted to all of that was a trap. I mean, the first season, I want to say there were some interviews that were, like, four hours long. And I'd be like, <laughs> you
0: know. Like, doing the no. green screen interviews. Yeah. Other And then, other than Altman, like, did you know anyone else on the show before you yeah, were I cast? Knew James,
1: I knew James and David. Um, we were at the same company together for a little bit. Um, I didn't really know Flag uh well. Um I guess knew Alton, but Flag and I um have really like had a little bit of a mad love affair in the last year and a half. So we've become
0: super close. Yes, I'm gonna talk to you about that too. Um because I've I've seen some of your Instagram love affair with Flag, so that's on my list too. Um okay, so that's what you know, and then you got on. Filming was what you kind of expected. And then, um, what was I going to ask you? Did you know like Chad Rogers or Madison? Do you know any of those guys? Chad?
1: Of course. He was our producer. Yeah, that was my producer season 10. Awesome. And then, (laughs)
0: like, so when you go to, like, do you find that, like you mentioned, like, do you find that like most clients want to be on the show? Like, or it really just depends. Are people like, no, I mean, like, there's a benefit to putting my property on the show. I mean, a million eyes are going to see it if it doesn't sell behind the scenes.
1: Right. I mean, the hope is that by the time you put the property on the show, you've done your job and sold it. But in the oh. event that it was a tough sell, you know, it's like round two. You get a second opportunity, to expose it to that many people. I had a lot of people. My friends wanted to do the show. I had a, um, One of my girlfriends appeared on the show, and um, I was actually selling my, I had sold her my bachelorette pad in the Hollywood Hills. And so we were putting that on the show in addition to her buying. And, um, it was some really good, really good scenes. I mean, this is my like bachelorette party house. So, and then she was my girlfriend living there. So we had shot that and we had such a good time doing it and then the at the last minute the person that bought the house didn't want us to air it so it was a bummer we had to cut that one ended up on the cutting room floor but I've had friends that want to do it I've had you know I mean Rose McGowan did it with me there's some celebrities that are open to it and and some that aren't it just you know when I I found like people like like Ellen DeGeneres is a huge fan of the show so like, there's, there's people that you wouldn't expect that are like obsessed with it and, and love the show. And, and, you know, they're huge stars.
0: I mean, there's really nothing better than real estate porn. It is so, that's why, I mean, I think it's a great show. It's just so like, at this point in your career, do you ever walk into some of these houses? I mean, cause you've seen so much and are just like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? Like, are you still amazed like every other day at work? Yes.
1: Yes, but P.S., just so we're clear, we, we sell a ton of, like, crap, too. I mean, you know, some, like, we put a lot of really pretty houses on the show, but, like, you know, last season where I was showing a house and there's like, cockroaches on the floor. Like, we we kind of run the gamut, and I think this last season they they kind of made it a little bit more, or they allowed us to showcase some of the properties that were <laughs> more challenging to sell, not, like, the typical, like, really pretty house, get the listing, have the open house, big offer. And then it closes this time. They were like, wait, what's going on with that ugly house that you have listed? And I'm like, we can put it on the show. So that's, I think it makes it a little bit more interesting and realistic, obviously for all of the viewers going, we don't just always sell big, beautiful homes. We have to sell a lot of shit too.
0: That's a really good point. You know what I mean? I didn't even think of that, but that is a really good point because like we really haven't seen, I think we've seen it in like in New York, a little more, like more of the eccentric properties, but right. I can't really remember the last time we saw it on millions dollar listing LA if ever. I mean, I'm sure maybe in the, but that's, that's a good point. So this yeah. upcoming season, we're going to see some more of that. Yeah, for sure. There's
1: that's some really good.
0: Houses,
1: so that'll be fun.
0: That sounds fun. And then since you mentioned it, how do you feel about... I don't really associate you with them as much, but how do you feel about these big, over-the-top open houses? Like, are they really necessary? The wait is over. That's right. Season 5 of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back You know, like you, you even look at like New York, like what Frederick and Ryan have done, like, are these necessary to sell a house? Like, really? I mean, I'm obsessed with real estate. This is like, these are not canned questions. This is like a real question I want to know.
1: We do. I mean, listen, the amount of money that we spend on these events to get people to show up to them or to get rather the right influencers or buyers or even brokers to come is a lot. And I, I mean... You know, easily over $100,000 a year in just event production is ridiculous amount of money, not including any sort of advertising or whatever. This is just purely for open houses and events that we throw. Obviously, with some of our listings, we go more over the top than others. But listen, at the end of the day, when you're trying to suck people into a house, you might have to throw a few free cocktails away <laughs> figure out a way to like hook it up. And we're always trying to do something different and something a little bit more out of the box to, you know, entertain people.
0: That makes sense. And I mean, you know, obviously I would assume being on the show has helped your business. Like it's
1: absolutely. I mean, it's, I think going into, the, this will be my third season, you know, I think we'll start seeing even some more traction. I think, you know, I don't know if this is everybody's experience, but I always feel like the first season, you know, everybody's like, who's this bitch? You know, like, who does she think she is? She thinks she's hot shit. And everybody's like twittering and, you know, twittering, tweeting, like, bad shit about you. But then cut to, then you come around, like, yeah, I have to, like, fall off the stool. Like, I got divorced and everybody's like, oh, poor thing. She got divorced. And then it's like, oh, is she going to be okay? And then, I don't know. It's like everybody has to go through that process of getting to know, like, the new character on the show and and who they are. And I think everybody kind of wants to hate you at first, and then, you know, hopefully this season they get to know me even better, you know?
0: That's good, and that's true. That's, like, a good point. And then, you know, in when the producers reached out to you after you appeared on the show with Altman, was there this, you know, because people have talked about this for a while of, like, well, how is this a like, great representation? Like, where is the woman? So, I mean, right. were they like specifically like, we would like a woman agent on our franchise? You know, not necessarily LA, but like any of the franchises. I mean, we had Miami, but that didn't really last very long. Was that a consideration? You know, I mean, because it's uh, something... I,
1: I think that Bravo is one of the most inclusive networks on... on- the most in network on television. And I think they've probably wanted to find a woman for quite some time, but I think it's finding the right personality fit. And there's a lot of enormously successful women that I'm sure over the years, million dollar listing has been on for 12 years that they've you know sat down and talked to. But if it doesn't click and the chemistry isn't there and, and they're not comfortable putting themselves out there, then it's just not going to happen. I think in my case, it just worked. And so, you know, I mean, I hope that it works on other, um, you know, I hope New York works that out as well and they find someone and, you know, maybe that will be this season.
0: That would be good. And then did you feel like any pressure? Like, oh, like I'm the woman, like basically representing this Uh, whole franchise.
1: Yeah. I felt a ton of pressure. I mean, being the only, it's like these guys, you know, as far as, like, you know, characters on the show and, 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 and fans resonating with whoever they resonate with, it's like, if you don't like Flag, then you like Altman. If you don't like Altman, you're like, oh, the charming Brits. But, like, there's no, like, other female to compare me against. So it's like, you either love me or you hate me. It's, and it's, it's no in between, but I'll take it. I mean, if you hate it, then you're watching. So fuck it.
0: I get it. I think that's a good... that's a good attitude no i mean like you know there's all the online trolls that hate lots of people
1: i mean i can't win everybody over who gives a shit
0: that's true and i didn't even think of that but that is true like people are like if you're this person's fan that person's fan so that's true yeah um so now talk to me about all your wonderful colleagues that you filmed this show with well first of all yes you and flag how did this like love affair start over the past year i've seen many like
1: I sold my house in Brentwood, um, which you'll see on the show this season, a little tidbit. And, um, I moved to Beverly Hills and I bought, uh, not bought, I rented a house in the flats that happens to be four doors away from where flag and Bobby are renovating their house. So <laughs> pretty much from the moment I moved in, he was like stopping by and, you know, now it's at the point where he's got the gate code, and he comes here when I'm not here, and my nanny's like, who is this guy, and what the hell? And he's in the fridge eating my tuna salad, and, you know, I what do you do? He's the most eccentric, crazy lunatic, but I, I you know, I love him to death. He's funny as hell.
0: That is the best story ever. Well,
1: and P.S., I can't kick him. Like, he just... He just shows up and he stands in my kitchen and won't leave. Once I actually was, I actually left the house. I thought he was gone and he was upstairs in my bedroom cuddling in my bed with my dogs.
0: So like Flag is like as eccentric in real life as percent. Oh he is a hoot. I, we
1: laugh so hard together. It's not funny.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like I've met him like, you know, briefly, but nothing, obviously I don't know him. Now, what about the Brits? I've sat him down in this format with both of them separately. They're both very charming. Like you say.
1: Yeah. They're super sweet. I, um, James and David, you know, I've known since God, six years. Um, but more peripherally, I mean, they're newer to the business and we worked at partners trust together. James is just, uh, I mean, James is an absolute riot. I mean, there's a reason he's very close with Josh Flagg because they he, de- James is a little eccentric and, you know, he's got a ton of energy. I don't know what he wakes up and drinks in the morning, but he's flies out of the gates a hundred miles an hour. And he makes me laugh and I love him. And, and David, they're like, you know, they're like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It's just, they, they, they go together.
0: I agree. And like, Yeah, I agree. Like, when I sat down with James, like, in this setting, like, he was, it was, like, right at the beginning of quarantine. And he was so positive and telling me all the positive parts about being in quarantine.
1: By the way, he's so full of shit. Like, I saw him, like, right before quarantine. He's, like, because I ended up in Mexico right before quarantine. And everybody was, like, you know. Tracy's in freaking Mexico, and we're all here. And how are? You? And he was like, you cannot. Gu-. He was so freaked out about this whole thing, and we were still shooting, by the way, and we were shooting the finale, oh. and we weren't quite in quarantine yet. Everything was really uneasy, and he was just an absolute disaster. I mean, he's a serious hypochondriac. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> I mean, he, the, the he is.
0: Cleaning all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, he did mention something about that he was cleaning all the time, and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, in a way, at least he's inside. Like, that's the best place, I guess, for a hypochondriac during all this. He's
1: probably smarter than me. I was in Mexico.
0: Before we continue this conversation, I have to tell you guys about the best contact-free meal delivery service called Every Plate. I've been spending so much time at home, just like I'm sure the rest of you have, and I really got to the point where I didn't know what to do for meals. Every Plate has been such a lifesaver. The thing is, everything comes in one box. The recipes are so easy. You'll never have to buy any extra ingredients. You literally just open the box. Everything is there. It's already pre-measured and the recipes are really easy. It's almost like every plate does the planning, the shopping, and the preparing for you. So you just open the box, you make a meal. And the thing is the meals are so delicious and there's such a variety. So you never kind of get sick of eating the same thing. I have to tell you, though, one of the best things about every plate is the price. I was very skeptical because some of these meal delivery services can get really expensive, but the price of a meal is the same as a cup of coffee. Like, think about that for a minute. And I mean, it certainly is cheaper than the takeout and delivery that I was ordering every single day. So I have to tell you, with the time that I've saved, I've been recording more Behind the Velvet Rope shows for you all. And the money, I actually, I have to admit, I look at my bank account and I see more money there now. I really am saving money. So listen, you guys can get three weeks of Every Plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code VELVET3. That's three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99. I mean, that is so cheap per meal by going to everyplate.com. That's everyplate.com and you enter the cold code Velvet3. And it's a three as in the number three. I'm telling you guys, this will save you so much time. The meals are so easy to prepare, and you are going to have more money in your bank account. This really and after you try it, DM me and let me know what you guys think a lifesaver. I was pretty like you know like the first week before it really got serious I was like and then I slowly was like oh no this is actually really serious. Right, yeah.
1: right. of course and I think, now, I, think I would have gone to Mexico had I um, known how serious it was but.
0: No like it like the right before all this like I had plans I had to do something for like a Bravo event and I was like I'm gonna go to like Toronto this weekend and people were like you're not going this thing's gonna be canceled and <laughs> eventually i was like yeah i don't think i should be like leaving the country this weekend you're right and you know it just it was like that process of like oh yeah this is actually serious what was i gonna ask you oh and what about what about mr josh altman oh so he also lives in my hood
1: and uh um he's like my brother like first of all, he, you know Josh has a brother Matt, who's on the show every once in a while as well. So, those two are constantly giving me shit. They live for it, and then I dish it back. So, we have a banter that we have on the show as well, but I also think, like, you know, in real life, it's non-stop. Like, all I do, he texted me the other day, and I just didn't respond for fun, because I knew it would piss him off. So, this is just how we do it. But we list a lot of properties together and we work really well together. So you'll see a little bit of that this season too, between
0: that's good. And then I know he's kind of featured at some point in the show, but like, was there this buzz around LA? Like, Oh my God, Frederick is moving to LA from New York city.
1: Freddie was at my house this morning working out in the garage. Um, You know, we don't know. I mean, he's definitely going to make a, an appearance or two, as you saw in the teaser for the show this season. Who knows what will happen next season? We have to make sure the fans enjoy this season first. And uh, hopefully we get picked up for another one. And maybe Fred joins the cast. Maybe not. We'll have to watch.
0: Does, he live, does he live in the hood, too? Because like, his house, what I've seen on Instagram, that entrance with that, like, where you walk, it's like so gorgeous.
1: Yeah, he uh, lives about five minutes from me.
0: Yeah. I can't see Frederick and Flagg. I could either see a love affair or just like a total cat fight.
1: <laughs> I had Frederick and Flag get along. Um yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're super friendly. Actually, we all before this all happened, I want to say it was about a month ago, we all went dancing. Um, we went to the addition, and they have this lounge downstairs and we all went out and
0: had a night. That's nice. I went on, on. Yeah. I like that. I like that. What was I going to say? So how is the market in, like, forget about Corona for a minute. Like, how is the market in LA? Like, is it similar to New York where it's maybe more of a buyer's market and like, it's not like properties are selling for, you know, sellers are still not lowering their prices completely. Like, is it a similar market out there?
1: Well, if you take Corona out of the equation, like it's, it's which is hard to do right now. Um, I would say that the LA market is adjusting. Um, but in a healthy way, I mean, I think that it was, um, it's, you know, it shifts constantly and, and usually when it goes into too much of a buyer's market, then we start to see a shift the other way. And I've been in the business 20 years, so I've been through some recessions and, you know, I, I kind of know what to expect and I think we're probably, you know, going to experience a little bit of that in the coming couple of years. But I think right now we're moving into a little bit more of a buyer's market considering everything. I mean, we can't not consider what we're all living right now. And I I think it's obviously going to play into um, what we're experiencing as brokers in California, but also um, the number of deals that we're going to do this year and um, the deals that buyers are going to be getting.
0: New York is very similar as well. You know, like, it's not like sellers are dropping their prices immensely. They're coming down. But, you know, it's still like, you know, I think like in New York, you're not going to get like a steal ever. It's just that's not the market. I think L.A. seems to be similar from what you're saying.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's like anything that is, you know, priced at what would be considered a steal then it goes into multiples. So the market's always going to adjust. We're never going to be, you know, underpriced so much. I have never actually had a client that's walked away from a deal and been like, "Wow, I really won that one."
0: Yeah. That's like, true. It's,
1: it's just the nature of the beast and and it's constantly fluctuating and right now I think it's making adjustments towards um obviously in the buyer's direction.
0: That's true. And then how is Corona playing into this? Like you're still now doing just like virtual showings. That's kind of how it's working.
1: Uh, We're we're staying really on top of it. And Santa Monica and Malibu have have just told us that we can now actually do, you know, showings and take precautions. L.A., um, we're still sort of on lockdown and we can only do virtual showings. However, like, you know, some of us are doing, you know, with developer property that no one's living in. You know, if we can get the agent to open up the door and, and let us walk through, I'm doing, I've got clients in New York looking for investment property here. So I'm doing FaceTimes with them um, from different, um, oper- you know, different investment Um, We'll see what happens.
0: I mean, a girl needs to feed her kids. Exactly. Back in the act. I get it. We have, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> Um. What was I gonna say? So let's talk about. All right. Let's talk about your book now. Then we'll go on to another topic, a fun topic. But this, I want to hear about this book too. So, all right. So, fear is ah. a four-letter word, which is coming out on July 14. Talk to me about this book. Um. I,
1: I mean, it. it's been a long road. I've never written a book before. I was just completely like green to the entire experience but it, it was the last six months of my well now eight months of my life um to, to get this and it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time because I feel like being a woman in business and particularly in this um, you know fear plays a big role and when you're going up uh you know you're going out for big listing appointments for 20 30 40 million dollar deals or even a five million dollar deal um and you're competing in this space um I, top of your game. And I think, you know, we carry so much fear with us all the time. And so I think being 20 years in the business, this book is really just about the lessons that I've learned through telling some of the fucking crazy stories that I have and um, just tips for, you know, women in particular getting into the business or getting into any business and, and things that you can do to sort of put the fear at the door and walk in and own any room that you're in.
0: That makes sense. And, you know, because it's coming out on July 14th, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the world, but I mean, I think you might be on a mini book tour. You might come to New York.
1: Well, I, I, you know, the book was uh, intended to come out earlier and we decided to postpone um, the launch until July. So my hope is that we'll be able to, you know, be able to tour and, and, you know, meet some of the fans and, and sell the book. But right now we are in pre-sales and you know the fans are buying the book on Amazon and Penguin Random House. And you know, we're just hopeful that we're able to get it out there to people.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna buy a copy. And if you come to the anywhere in the New York City area, I will be there. I'll buy a second copy.
1: I love it.
0: I love me a good book signing a book tour. So when I saw July 14th, I'm like, all right, well, you know, you could do this late late July, early August. This is what I'm predicting for you. Um, What was I going to say? Do you get a lot of DMs from women who like see you on the show and are like, you know, being the only woman and are just like, you go girl, so to speak?
1: I mean, most of my following are, you know, women between 25 and 45. And um, I have, it's, you know, 70% of the people that follow me are female. And so... I speak to that reason, you know, I think something about, you know, I I don't always say everything the right way, but I'm authentic as I possibly can be. I curse, I screw up. I drink sometimes. I work my ass off. I take care of my kids. I'm divorced and I'm fun. So like good, bad, and ugly. I think that resonates with some woman somewhere. And I think now the world that we're in and the world that we're living in, like we need more women to like get out there and and be a little more fearless. And so I think that's why, um, you know, I am on the show
0: and luckily
1: able to write a book and who knows where
0: it goes next. See, I think you would also have the gay fans too, because you are a fabulous. (laughs) Well, and I'm not just saying this, but you know, not to, Discredit your business because that's amazing. But out of like my style obsessions on Bravo, and I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass, you are like in my top five. Like your style is on point. Oh,
1: thank you. Um, well, I I do um in terms of like to go back, the the gay men that are in my life and there are men. I have East Coast and West Coast, as I like to refer to them, and we fight over the, each other all the time. But um, they've been my biggest support system, and in terms of like giving me confidence, and you know, particularly after I got divorced. I mean, I was surrounded by gorgeous gay men who were successful, and they were like, "Girl, get your ass back out there and go." And so I just I got in shape. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do me. And, you know, and when I walk into a room and I'm dressed well, the guys love it. So, you know, what girl doesn't want to be surrounded by a bunch of men who are like, you're fabulous?
0: Well, that's why people are always like, how are you friends with all these real housewives? I'm like, it's not that big a stretch. Like gay men and like women were around the same age. Like, who else do you want me to be friends with? This is what I do for a living. Like. It It makes sense. Gay men and women are the perfect combination. I agree. Now, okay, so talk to me, because I was at BravoCon all three days. I saw you there. I mean, I've met you other times, too, when you've been in New York doing press, but I was at BravoCon. So talk to me, because you were a fan of Bravo, like, I mean, well, you must have met a lot of Bravo celebrities before, but, like, were you just, like, loving being at BravoCon?
1: I mean, it was fun as hell. I mean, primarily, to mdl new york and MDL LA are rarely all together so it was nice to kind of have all of us you know we, we were very supportive of each other's shows obviously so it was nice to have all of us there but you know i was in that room and then that green room backstage where andy's watch happens and, and there was an like 60 Bravo celebrities or whatever I was beside myself and you know, I had to like find my way around and they introduced myself and some people I was like, ner- like nervous, like I don't want to say anything. Like <laughs> I was like retarded. I had to like have a few cocktails to, you know, work up the courage to talk to certain
0: people. Who are you? Well, who are you? This is totally what people would actually want to know too. Like, who are you nervous to, speak to or like maybe like oh my god I can't believe that so-and-so
1: I mean for me those housewives like the Atlanta housewives I I mean they're like my fave 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 and the New York ones because they're super bitchy and kind of intimidating so you know I had like I I ended up I ended up talking to you broke I'm
0: sorry I
1: had like my my. my uh,
0: Wait, say it again. I'm sorry. You were breaking up. Excuse me? Yeah, a little bit.
1: After my third vodka soda, I ended up, like, introducing myself to Luann. I know Kyle, who's the most fun housewife ever, and she's a blast. But, like, and so the L.A. piece, I'm a little less, like, stressed out about. But the New York and Atlanta women, I mean, stop it. I can't.
0: How was your interaction with Luann? See, and I'm like the opposite just because I live here. To me, it's like Rena and like, I mean, I've met Rena and EJ, but like Erica Jane and Rena, those are like the golden.
1: Erica Jane wouldn't even like, Erica Jane was like standing in the corner. Like, I'm not even joking. Just like against the wall, like unapproachable, unapproachable.
0: I've, I I had a friend that was back there that went with uh, one of the Jersey Housewives. She was her plus one. It's someone we both know, and she basically said the same thing. She was like, I was not even about to go over anywhere near Eric I, I
1: did not go anywhere near that, but, like, I looked from afar, and she looks
0: good. Um,
1: no, Luann was very... Luann was super cool. She's very chill. Like, she's got that, like, deep voice, and she's just, like, you know, like, she's, like, been there and done that, you know. She's like, this is my, this is like an old hat to me. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like a little door, Just Totally. You know, yeah.
0: Did you have any interactions backstage with Sonia or Ramona?
1: Sonia, I've actually gone out with with Flag once. Yeah. So I've had a couple of inter- interchanges with her. Ramona, um, I did watch What Happens With. So yeah. um, oh, that's trip. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's right that's right yes she's an interesting she, one she's an interesting one that one i <laughs> forgot about i mean that's the thing Sonia, when Sonia comes here her and Flav are out all the time it's at
1: hilarious
0: at that i forgot um, that i go there at that gay piano bar in Midtown.
1: town that Flav always has to go to he tried to drag me there and wanted to do like a youtube thing and i was like no
0: <laughs> the townhouse it's so much fun yeah
1: yes yes it's so much fun i still have yet to go
0: it's a really good time it's like it's what you expect it's a piano bar the crowd skews a little bit older but like you can do your own thing and it's like it's like a nice old school setting it's really fun actually but um and what about the atlanta like did you interact with like i'm trying to think like Portia, cynthia were you just like oh my god
1: and by the way I met Cynthia actually a couple times after that I saw her at like a charity event a little while she's lovely by the way stunning like the woman is bananas
0: gorgeous I would agree with
1: that. and just really cool and like unaffected and I, I really really enjoyed her and I wasn't like uber nervous to meet her so I could like put a sentence together
0: she was literally. I would agree that she is literally drop dead gorgeous. Drop. I love her. I'm trying to think who else from New York. Dorinda. Any interactions I with Dorinda? I talked
1: to Dorinda. Um. Who else did I talk to? Um. I talked to a few of the below. below, below deck. What's her name? Um, the first. The Kate first, Chastain. Yeah, Kate. She. She was cool, and I talked. to Tinsley. Um, Tinsley was sweet. Um, who else did I talk to? Oh, I
0: really mostly enjoy talking to Steve Gold though. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Don't <laughs> even get me started.
1: we not like it's and I'm just out loud about it. I'm loud about proud Frederick. I was like listen, I love him and if and when that man is no longer that woman, I am available.
0: You guys would be actually a really good match.
1: I think that you should put in a good word for me,
0: David. People ask me this all the time, Tracy, and they're like, and I'm like, it's not even. They're like, who is the hottest guy? I'm like, by far the hottest guy that has ever existed on Bravo. You're really on Bravo, period. The
1: hundred percent. He's it's, it's like ridiculous. It's not even normal, and he's like shut. I and like I, kind of like you know he knows he's hot but it's like
0: sort of subtle I don't know he knows he's shy he's not like an asshole he's like understated
1: I know and he has good fashion like I, it's just everything and I thought if I would never go out with another real estate agent I would break
0: really breakthrough yeah I would you want someone with but a different so current. would you. <laughs> Say it again. Sorry, you broke up again.
1: I said, I said, I would break my no no real estate broker rule for Steve Gold, and you would you would do the same.
0: I cannot even, like, <laughs> before I met him, I was, this is tells you about me. Before I met him, I was literally like, well, I mean, I get that he's probably not at all his listings, but I was like, I'm just going to go to an open house, and I'm just going to keep going until he's actually at one of them. This was my plan in life. <laughs> now i've since met him but before that i was like it's really simple like he lives really close to where i live in chelsea i mean not that i'm gonna show up at his apartment but like it's he's a real estate agent there's open houses every weekend i realized that he's probably not the one doing them all the time but i'm like eventually he has to be at one right he's uh, just so so you were happy to meet him yeah (sighs) love him He's hot. Um, what was I going to say? Would you, if you had to have someone sell your house or buy something in L.A., who would you hire? You would have to hire like one of the Brits, Altman, or Flagg. Who would you go with?
1: Ugh,
0: that's hard. Um, and I did ask James mm-hmm. and David the same question. I'll, I'll tell you their answer afterwards.
1: I think Altman. <laughs> Because I feel like he's such a hustler. Like, he, I, you know, if, if I actually said you can keep the commission and it's not coming back, it's not rolling back to me, like, I feel like Josh would, like, go out and get me, like,
0: hustle me a deal. I could see that. Yeah. I, I could yeah. totally see that. James and David, James said flag just because they're, like, buddies and it will be a great time. And David was like Flag yeah. because yeah. he basically grew up in LA and knows like every street and every person that's lived in every house ever. Right. Yeah, I think all
1: it was kind of between Altman and Flag, but Flag is like Flag doesn't really cross the four hundred five, so it's like he knows the grid of the Beverly Hills flats, and then he really tries not to go outside of it.
0: That makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> and, no, I mean that that I could. And what about what if you were going to come to New York and you wanted some nice, you know, full floor apartment somewhere like Frederick Ryan? Uh, is-
1: I mean, Fred is like one of my besties. I love him to death. It would be a toss up, but I think Fred would support just my, you know, my my love for Steve Gold, and I think Fred would understand. Maybe they would. They would like both work. They'd split it. That I
0: have
1: to divide for my attendance. <laughs> one gay, one gay hottie and one straight one. No. I don't know. You
0: could, oh. you could use Frederick for your New York penthouse and Steve Gold for your Hamptons property. That's what maybe you could do.
1: Erica and I, Erica from the show, who's my was my assistant on the show and is now a broker, we played um, what is it? Um, Mary Mary and Kill with the three of them. And we 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 killed Ryan Sarah Hunt. Sorry, Ryan, I love you. And uh, and I think I married Fred and I had um, sex with Steve Gold. That's, that's I just feel like Fred and I would be happy in the long run. I'd let him do whoever he wants whenever he wants and you know, we just have a really good lifestyle.
0: I don't even know. I think he would be a very like Oh, okay. You're going to marry Fred. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes I sense.
1: That's, Fred.
0: Yeah. And, i Yeah. I should marry a
1: gay. If I'm getting married again, I should probably just marry a gay.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can do your own thing. <laughs> well,
1: right. No, Like mean, they, they would absolutely have like, you know, free reign as would I, but I just feel like, you know, our lifestyles would line up better.
0: I agree, and they would look perfect for all the events you would go to.
1: Right, exactly.
0: They would. And who would you rather
1: (laughs) appreciate?
0: What about Mary shag kill between Flag? Well, let's say James, David, and Altman. Let's go with the three straights. (sighs) The tough one, right?
1: I think I would shag James. I would marry Altman and I would kill David?
0: I think I might have the same answer.
1: I feel like Altman is a really good husband. Like, he is, a, a, like, so devoted to Heather. I just feel like he's the bomb. I feel like James would be, like, so frantic all the time. I'd, like, kill him. But he'd be fun to have sex with.
0: There's something about, I mean, I'm just, a, like, I don't I don't really... He'd be so
1: excited right now. James would be like, yeah. He just wants to win.
0: I have a soft spot for Josh Altman. I mean, having never met him, but just as a viewer, there's something about him that I really thoroughly enjoy.
1: I'm telling you, like, deep down, he's such a sweetheart. He's such a, like, you know, big personality. All of that stuff and the big cars and the flash. But, like, he really is kind of like a softie. Like, he's such a cute daddy and such a good husband to Heather. I Like, I'm a fan. Big fan.
0: What about if you had to go out... And take a gay husband, how would you choose between Derek and Bobby? Frederick's Derek and Josh's Bobby.
1: Oh, my God. Really?
0: I'm They're asking you
1: some hot. They're both so hot. I feel like Bobby and my person, I mean, Bob. you realize Bobby is the funniest human on the planet. Like, there is no one more deprecating funny, like he's funnier than Josh. So I really? might, I might have to go with Bobby because he makes me laugh so hard.
0: Eric is so gorgeous. That's, that's probably why they have a good marriage. I didn't realize Bobby was so fun.
1: Oh my God. He's a, he's a, a riot. Really? Have, yeah. Yeah. No, he's the best.
0: I'll have to reach out to him, too. Um, would you ever, I mean, I know you have a career and you're amazing on the show and you have a book and you have a lot of things going on. Would you ever go on Beverly Hills Housewives as one of the Beverly Hills Housewives?
1: Yes. Yeah, I would. I would be like, I, I, I feel like I'd be, a. Um... oh, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I mean, I'd be like a fan, but at the same time, like I'm kind of doing the Beverly Hills housewife thing. I'm just single.
0: Yeah. Slash. And they have, and they have single, they have yeah. single folks. Who's on
1: that? Who's single in the show?
0: Well, I mean, they've had so
1: single
0: no one, friends. right? No one right now, unlike New York, where basically everybody is single. But in Beverly Hills, is is Garcelle single? I I, thought I don't know. I don't
1: know. I haven't seen her much.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't think anyone is single. Who's your favorite Beverly Hills housewife? Kyle? Kyle, she's I mean,
1: she's so fun. I mean, and that one, I can't, she's so flexible. It's not, it's not normal. And I, I was with her in Aspen a little bit. And so she's just a hoop. Like she, she gets down and I love Mauricio. So I have to always
0: go with Kyle. The Beverly Hills girls have fun.
1: Oh yeah, they do.
0: You know, yeah, they do. Um, what was I going to say? Do you have, so do you have a, you said you love below deck. That's yes. it. It took, I'm like a late fan to below deck. It took me a minute to get into below deck. I'm trying.
1: I'm, I want to I want to go on the boat. I want. I want to bring a group of friends for the weekend. And do a crossover with Captain Sandy. Um, it's. I'm in. I'm game on. I pay.
0: It's funny because I have a friend that wanted us to go on this past season. She was like, "Let's just do this." But my thing is, I'm like a traveler, and I don't really like going back to where I've already been and like where it was going. I'm like, I've already been to all these places just to be on below deck i'll pass but if they went somewhere i never but my friend was literally like getting a group of us together to do it and i'm like this is stupid let's not do it
1: oh my god i would have been so on that train in a heartbeat
0: and you prefer captain sandy over captain lee
1: yeah i like i like that captain sandy she's fun and we uh she's also very nice also really like kind unaffected smart and and, you know there's just not a lot of like you know captains out there in that world, in the yachting world, like she's one of a very, very small group.
0: That's true. Any thoughts before we wrap up on why like million dollar listing Miami and San Francisco didn't work out? I mean, I know you're not like behind. I'm just like in your opinion.
1: I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch San Francisco, so it's tough to say. And again, I told you I didn't really watch Miami, any of the, sh- the million dollar. I was on it, but my guess is it always boils down to like chemistry. Like you just, you know, like I just think between the agents and sort of figuring that piece out, like at the end of the day, it's really good real estate porn. And then, you know, a bunch of different personalities where you throw them all in one room and it's like just bananas. And that's, I think what keeps the show on. It can't just be the real estate porn.
0: True. And I mean, I think that's the thing about million dollars in LA and New York, like I don't think there's one weak link. Like it's so well cast, both of them. They're both like so strong as far as the cast goes. Thank
1: you. We we appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I feel so. And May fifth, the show is back.
1: Yes, pumped!
0: And I'm so excited. And July fourteenth, fear is not a four letter word. Again, I'm holding out for a book tour, Tracy.
1: Uh, I know. I know. But you can now, so for those of you that want to pre-order it, it'll land in
0: your house on July 14th. And where can people pre-order it again?
1: On Amazon.com, on Penguin Random House, which is our publisher, but Amazon's really easy to order it. We're going to be doing, um, I've had a lot of fans that reach out that wanted the Audible version, and so I'm doing an Audible version of it, so um, yeah, if you can pre-order it, that'd be amazing.
0: And I saw you're doing a contest on your Instagram. If you pre-order it, someone, they just show you your receipt and they're going to get a...
1: The best part is, like, all my gay besties from New York are, like, (laughs) pre-ordering. I'm like, you guys can't be... I FaceTime you all the time. You can't win the contest.
0: Well, it's so funny because I was going to ask you now, if I order a book just because, I mean, this is what I do for a living and you know me, can't I still be eligible? You can still...
1: yeah right this is the you can get give- yesterday I'm like there's you know all my gays from the Hamptons like there, it's hysterical
0: you can give it to someone else it's okay but <laughs> as long as you know the next time you come to New York I know you'll be busy with everyone but we'll we'll, we'll have our drink too I'll take you yeah. to the gay piano bar it's really I- fun
1: Want to go to that piano bar for sure, and if we're lucky enough to be able to do press for the show, I'll probably flag, which would be a hoot if we all went together.
0: I'm there. I'm there. Like <laughs> I, I like my nice. I like a nice gray goose martini, just straight up with a lime. So like a lime twist.
1: I, I'm uh, La Familia on the rocks with an orange slice, and
0: Please?
1: flag. Flag just takes a bottle of red wine.
0: We're like a good match. And we can invite Sonia Morgan, too. Oh, 100%. That's awesome. Now, is there is there anything else you want to say before we say goodbye?
1: No, it was super fun. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm so glad you got to sit down. Like, you are amazing. I cannot wait for the new season. I cannot wait for the book. I cannot wait for our drink when you come to New York.
1: Importantly.
0: Yeah. yeah, seriously, most importantly. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything, everything. Everyone, Tracy, Tudor, we love her dearly. Thank you so much.
1: Bye, Darren.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear